The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. Welcome back to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. Both myself and Hunter are here for the first time in like a month. But you know, we're back. We're here to cover the Nets. Talk about everything that's been going on in the realm of basketball, period. But before we get into that, Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review because all reviews are getting read on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm 99% sure you can find us if you just look up Brooklyn Nets. Um, follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. I think we're at like 118, so I'm trying to get to like 120, 130. Make sure you follow us individually. I'm at Adams underscore. And Hunter's at Hunter underscore JKR. We both really need the followers, so uh, swing that follow real quick. And uh, shout out to Hawaiian Isles Corner Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at High Corner Coffee. That's Kona with a K. Check out their products on Amazon and let them know that the Hoopball Nets podcast sent you. Um, I want to give a special shout out real quick before we get into things to this, my man on Twitter, me and Hunter's man's on Twitter. He all like, no matter what, he always shouts us out and like, lets us know that we're doing a good job when he really doesn't have to, but I appreciate it. And I know Hunter appreciates it. So my boy, Doug on Twitter, Doug underscore life one, go give my man a follow. He's super supportive of the podcast and we really, really do appreciate it. Even like, it's like those type of messages really do make our day. Cause like it lets us know that people listen and, and people appreciate what we do. So thank you, Doug. We appreciate you. And yeah, let's get on to the games. So we have four games to recap in this episode. The Nets, it just so happens to be that all four of them are uh, losses because the Nets are on a four-game losing streak, which is currently the longest losing streak in the NBA. All of these losses came to, well, not three out of the four losses came to very bad teams in the Orlando Magic, Washington Wizards, and Orlando Hawks, all of which are... uh, Orlando, yeah. What did I say? Orlando Hawks. Orlando Hawks. Well, everyone, it is currently 2.13 in the morning, so um, if I'm a little loopy, that's why. The Orlando Magic, the Washington Wizards, and the Atlanta Hawks. There we go. And then they also lost to the Heat, but that's understandable. Oh, oh, wait till we get to that game. (laughs) You always have something to say about, like, losing to the Heat isn't that bad of a thing. No, no, no. It's not about the loss. It's about how they lost. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. We can get to that one. That's that's probably going to be the last one we do, though, so stay tuned. We start with the Magic. 
They like every single game was close. The Magic game they lost by two. The Wizards game they lost by four. The oh, the Hawks game was not close. The Hawks game was. Do you know how much they gave up to the Hawks? Well, they got destroyed. D like are you? Do you know how much though? One forty one, right? That's insane. They gave up. They gave up one forty one to the Hawks. They're top three worst teams in basketball. And they gave up 141. And then the Heat, they lost by three. So probably the worst team they played is the team they got blown out the most by. But let's start with the Magic. The Nets lost 115 to 113 in this game. All right. So, so uh, the Nets could have won this game. They, they were up one with 349 left. And then they were down one with 131 left. And then Aaron Gordon hits a step back three with a minute 12 left, and they lost. And then Brooklyn cut it to two. We cut it to two on Jared Allen's dunk. We had the chance to tie. And then Aaron Gordon pins Karis LeVert with 14 seconds left. And Torian Prince misses a three at the buzzer. And yeah, that's how that 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 that's how we lose. We got destroyed by Aaron Gordon. We had a 19 point, like, these are the games that we, like, that that really grind my gears. Because I, I don't expect much from the Nets with KD and Kyrie out. But just when, when you're up by 19 at some point and lead for the majority of the game, and then lose to a team like the Magic, who, by the way, you're fighting for seeding with. Because if you want any chance of making it out of the first round, you can't be the eighth seed because you're getting swept in four. So you, you just and the Raptors are a pretty weak two seed, if you ask me. So exactly. So you want to be the seven seed. Nobody wants to be the eight seed because you might as well be out of the playoffs. Because you're not like. Let's be honest. You're not beating the Bucks. So the fact that they just got smoked like this. Gave no heart, no effort in in Brooklyn at home is unacceptable. We lost the turnover battle. We got we we out rebounded them, and we got blocked nine times. We <laughs> we allowed them to shoot forty nine point four percent from the field, while we shot forty seven point nine, which is great. It's amazing. But giving Mo up Bamba had five blocks in fourteen minutes. Like, oh my god! Like that is just. Well, since we're on the topic of Aaron Gordon, do you think the Nets will or should trade for him in the off season? I mean, so, so if you guys, uh, you guys obviously know. So the Nets were in talks with like the Pistons and and the Hawks about trading Spencer Dinwiddie, and. They also reached out to the Magic, or the Magic reached out to them. Either way, the possibility of getting Aaron Gordon was discussed. Do I think that he would be beneficial for the Nets as a team? When he has games like this, he seems like he could be a superstar in the league. But for the majority of the games that he plays, it's not like this. (laughs) And so I I really don't think that he would be that much of an improvement over Torian Prince. I think they're in the name value he would be because people think of Aaron Gordon and think of oh my god slam dunk would like should have won the dunk contest. Yeah. It could. I, I don't think 
he he brings them any closer to a championship than they would with their current roster, if we're being honest. Especially if you have to give up Dinwiddie. Like, I would yeah, rather... I would much rather them keep what they have and maybe sign somebody that will come for a vet minimum. Like, let, let's... People... So, Aaron Gordon is a four, right? Like, people consider Aaron Gordon a four. He's 6'8". Torian Prince is 6'7". Torian Prince shoots, like, 35% from three this season. And... Aaron Gordon shoots 31. <laughs> like, why would we trade a third? Like, why would we not? We might have to trade Torian Prince in the deal to get Aaron Gordon. And on top of giving up someone like Dinwiddie or possibly a pick, when we could just keep Torian Prince, sure, he's not as athletic or he's not as much of a highlight reel as Aaron Gordon, but he does what we need him to do. Way better than Aaron Gordon could. So no, I, I don't think he would move us any. I would. I don't think he would move the needle any closer to a championship. Yeah, I mean, if they have to give up Dinwiddie, Lavert, or even Prince, I'd probably say no. I don't do it if it's if it's for picks and maybe Claxton, but that ain't happening. So, who do you think are the Nets' untouchables if they have any? Kyrie, KD. Uh, Lavert and DeAndre Jordan because KD and KD wants him there. So you would give up Jared Allen? Uh, I don't want to, but I don't think they consider him untouchable. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I would give Jared Allen up for the for the right price. If I, you get a better center back, yeah, sure. I'm not the highest on Jared Allen. I don't think I don't think that's any surprise to to anyone that's listened to us. I don't think he's bad. I just think he maxes out at a slightly above average double double with a block and a half a game. So if the best center in the league right now, if Joel Embiid is is let's say he's the best center in the league, or Nikola Jokic, either one of them, let's say they're a ten, a ten out of ten NBA player, I think that, and I don't even think Joel Embiid's a ten out of ten NBA player. I'd give him like a nine. I think that Jared Allen maxes out at maybe a eight and a half, and th- and that's giving him a half because I think he maxes out at eight. I don't think he'll ever be any better than an eight out of ten player. Eight even seems high to me because eight is someone that that's like John Collins. Yeah, I I think he could. I think he could be as decent as good as John Collins. Like I so think twenty you think he can be a twenty and ten player? Yes, I do. I think he can be a twenty and ten player. I just don't think that I don't I think, think he has the intangibles. Fifteen and twelve at, at his max with like two blocks. I think he'll be I think the def maybe not twenty and maybe not twenty and ten. Maybe like eighteen and ten, but the defense the the two and a half blocks per game will make up for that extra two points that he doesn't score. So like I I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't consider him untouchable, but he'd be hard to get off my hands. But I would yeah. be willing to don't trade him for that. If I got someone as good as like John Collins back. Yeah. Yeah. And so since since we're still on the topic of Aaron Gordon, he dropped twenty seven. He dropped twenty seven and ten and four with two blocks and a steal on the Nets in 41 minutes. He missed five shots. He was three or four from three. Like I said, in yeah. games like this, he seems like a superstar. The other main scorers were Terrence Ross and Fournier, who had 21 apiece, and Nikola Jokic, who had 16 and 10. They carried 
the load for them. Well, uh, the I typically night. wouldn't say anything, but considering you called me out for the uh, Orlando Hawks or whatever I said, uh, his name is Nikola Jokic, my man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vucevic. Vucevic has 16, 10, and 5 onto the nets, like you said. My boy, Joe Harris, he dropped 12. Two of three from the three-point line, 66%. Torian Prince, he got outplayed by Aaron Gordon. Uh, <laughs> but he still had... points, 10 shots. Yeah. He was only one of three from three. Jared Allen, speaking of him, he had 26... No, he played 26 minutes. He had 16 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal, no turnovers. Perfect from the field. It was a gem game from Jared Allen. He was a plus 10, which was what, a team high, tied for a team high with Torian Prince. Karras and Dinwiddie both played 34 minutes apiece. Karras dropped 19 on 21 shots, knocked down eight of them. Dinwiddie dropped 24 on 20 shots, knocked down nine of them. Yeah, Karras didn't really shoot well, but he did other things, so it wasn't an awful game. Yeah, he had 19, 5, and 8, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal. And Dinwiddie took four, 10 threes. He made four of them, and uh, he had 8 assists and 3 turnovers. The difference? In the game was honestly that the Magic got to the line and the Nets didn't. The Magic shot 14 of 17 from the line, and the Nets were 5 of 8. Yeah, the and usually the Nets are a pretty high-frequency free-throw shooting team, especially Dinwiddie, because yeah. he gets to the basket. He's a little mixy down there. What, how, how many free-throws did he attempt to get? Like two? Yeah, he two. only took two free-throws this two. game. All of the free throws were, well, Torian Prince took four. Jared Allen took one. He missed it. Karis LeVert took one. He missed it. And then Dinwiddie made both of his. I think Karis LeVert's a bad free throw shooter. That's one thing about him. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like he'll work on it. I feel like he's he's not going to be forced to take many when he's playing with KD and Kyrie because they're going to do most of the heavy lifting. And then Jarrett, Garrett, I was about to say Jarrett Temple. Jesus. Garrett Temple. he shoots seventy two percent, so it's not awful, but it, it is r- yeah, room for improvement. Garrett Temple dropped eighteen on seven of twelve. He's really on the court to shoot threes, and that's about it. He knows that we know that the other team knows that. <laughs> he was four of eight from three, eighteen point seven of twelve from the field, five assists. Good game for Garrett Temple. The Nets lost to the Magic. He's going to come back on a vet minimum next year. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's going to be the who who are the Nets free agents this season? Garrett Temple, Joe Harris, and someone else. Joe what? Harris and is it Torian Prince? Uh, Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. I feel like uh, they might not have Wilson Chandler back just because. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not Wilson Chandler, but uh, they really only signed him to make up for the depth that you lo- you lose when you don't have KD and back when Rodion's Kuruks is uh, like court case was we didn't know where it was gonna go they needed another forward another wing so they signed Wilson Chandler it was basically out of necessity and not for want so I wouldn't be surprised if Wilson Chandler doesn't come back on to the game versus the Wizards we lose 110 to 106 and honestly it's just Bradley Beal It, it really is he had 35, 5, and 3 steals, 11 of 24 from the field. Yes, Bertans had 14 with 4 triples, and Rui Hachimura had 17. No one else had double digits on the court, and no one else really shot the ball well either. 
Yeah, the, the like, Wizards led for a majority of this game. At one point, they led by 18. We lost a turnover battle yet again, 18 to 11. We out-rebounded them 56 to 39, which is crazy that we still didn't win. We, we took... They took 96 shots, we took 87, and we st- and we out-rebounded them 56-39. to 39. That's crazy when you think it about it. It was a pretty dreadful game for Joe Harris and Garrett Temple, who combined 5 for 21 from the field for 14 points. Yeah, no, they, they, they didn't play well, especially when they're... When, when, would you say that they're our best shooters? Joe- um, I mean... Kyrie and KD, if we're being honest. I well, mean, oh, no, Joe Harris is the best shooter. Yeah, probably. But then KD and Kyrie, and then Temple. Got you. And then, yeah, Torian Prince. He was five of twelve, two of eight, like you said. Jared Allen. He bounced. He he, he followed up his amazing performance with a dud. Eighteen Foul minutes. And eighteen minutes. He fouled out in eighteen minutes. <laughs> and. uh Karis LeVert had a career night. He had 34, 6, and 7 with 4 steals on 10 of 20 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, and 9 of 11 from the line. But Bradley Beal still willed the Wizards to the win. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, he was he was our main primary big man in this one. 29 minutes, 16. He had 16 and 16 on 6 of 8 shooting. So that was a, 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 a back-in-his-back game for... DeAndre Jordan, yeah, uh, it, there's really not much to say about this one. Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, with 24 seconds left, and somehow lost by four. Jerome Robinson, Jerome Robinson, yeah, three with nine seconds left, and then Dinwiddie misses a three. Karis LeVert foul. Jerome Robinson makes the free throws. Game over. It was also so, an assist from Bradley Beal because the Nets were so worried about Bradley Beal drilling it that they just let Jerome Robinson rock. Yes, Mr. Robinson ended the game with a <laughs> whopping <laughs> nine points and five of them came in the last 24 seconds. Exactly. So, yeah, that was just – we were down by 13 and a half. Karis dropped 13 in the third quarter. And, uh, yeah, we still somehow managed to lose. It, <laughs> we lost back-to-back games to the teams that are right next to us in the standings. So right now we're the 8th seed, the Wizards are the ninth seed, the Magic are the 7th seed. So in games that we very well should have won to try and get more of a lead on the Magic and the Wizards, we happen to just croak and lose them. We're actually tied with the Wizards right now. I mean, with the Magic right now. We're both 25 games back of the first seed and 10 games back of the sixth seed. With They have a slightly higher win percentage than us, but it's a very capable. Like We can definitely catch up. Both t- the, the Magic are on a two-game losing streak. We're on a four-game losing streak. The Wizards are four games back. They'd have to really take control of the season to get in the playoffs. And they, according to Tankathon, they have one of the hardest schedules rest of the season. So the Wizards are, I'm going to go ahead and say the Wizards are out of it. And it's basically a race between the Magic and Nets or who gets seven and who gets eight. Who who doesn't get to play the Bucks basically. Yeah, the Nets will make the playoffs. Unfortunately, they're probably going to wind up playing the Bucks, And that's not pretty for anyone. So. Yeah, they're going to get swept in three because there's no way. And then the game... We- Wait, I don't even want to talk about this Hawks game if we're being honest, but yeah, this is an utter disgrace, an 
utter disgrace. At one point, the Hawks led by 23. They shot 51.5% from the field. Look, this starting lineup, Collins had 33. Trey Young had 22. Cam Reddish, 26. DeAndre Hunter, 18. And Huerter, 15. They were the worst three-point shooting team in the league. They still are. They are the worst three-point shooting team in the league, and the Nets allowed them to shoot 48.7% from three. How? How does that happen? Their starting lineup scored four less points than the Nets. I just don't I just don't understand it. it we gave up 138 to Phoenix earlier in the season. We just gave up 141 to, to the Hawks. Like, I won't say this game flashed the Hawks' potential as a playoff team next season. Not going to lie. I mean, yeah, if you got Cam Reddish dropping six threes on nine attempts for 26 points, then and DeAndre Hunter doing his thing, dropping 18 and 10. And dro- a top pick where they can end up with Anthony Edwards. <laughs> exactly. that. That's scary. And then you got Jeff Teague off the bench, which is a, a, a underrated signing, I will say. Trey Young dropped 22. Trading. Oh, trading. Yeah, they traded for him. Alan Crabb, who's now waived and may end up with an L.A. team like everyone else. Exactly. So, yeah, that was a, a, a low-key, under-the-radar trade for the— Yeah, I mean, he, he started with the Hawks, so he might as well— End with the Hawks because, with... yeah, he's not going anywhere else. <laughs> and... Um, and they have Capella, in case you forgot. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Really deep. I completely forgot that they had Clint Capella. As wings, they have Huerter, Reddish, and Hunter. They have Capella at center. So who do they bring off the bench usually? They bring DeAndre Hunter off the bench? No, Cam Reddish. Uh, DeAndre Hunter always starts. Cam Reddish comes off the bench. Ah, dang. That's crazy. You got the Trey Young, Capella, pick and roll. John Collins, Trey Young, pick and roll. Kevin Horner is knocked down. DeAndre Hunter plays defense. He's, oh, they're going to be nice. Yeah, they're going to be pretty good. <laughs> they're going to be nice. On to the Nets. I'm not even going to spend much time on this because this was utterly disgraceful. Uh, Aside from Dinwiddie, who had 24 points and 13 assists with four triples, it was really a, a lackluster game overall. Yeah, the, so the the Hawks run a small ball lineup because John Collins was their center, so Jared Allen nor DeAndre Jordan could guard him. <laughs> like, Jared Allen played 21 minutes, DeAndre Jordan played 20 minutes. Running a small ball lineup like that is going to force neither one of them to play, which is one of their big issues. Like, when KD and Kyrie come back, they're going to have to run small ball with KD at the five. Like <laughs> this, this is unrelated to the Nets, but... Uh... The Rockets' small ball lineup has worked pretty well. It, it it did work well because then, like, obviously. So what happened, why it works, I feel like, is because now Westbrook has been completely unleashed in a way that he's never been in his career. Like, even with the Thunder, they had Steven Adams, who's not a perimeter player. So he's standing in the paint. That still brings another defender over to Westbrook when he gets by his defender. But now, when you have literally five people on the court that have to be defended from beyond the arc. If Westbrook gets a blow by, it's over. It's an easy bucket. Yes, they play a five-out offense, literally. And whether it's Harden or Westbrook, one of them drives, 
hope that defenders sink and kick out for an open three to PJ Tucker in the deep corner. Like, and they, and if they don't make it, they're gonna keep shooting it. They just yeah. play over, the percentages over and over and over and over. And so yeah, that uh, Torian Prince dropped sixteen on six of ten shooting. Joe Harris had eighteen on seven of sixteen. Nothing really to it too exciting here. I don't even want to talk about this game anymore because it's pure disgusting. And then on to the Heat. The the only game that I will give them a pass for losing. I won't. <laughs> Why? I was watching it. I was watching it live in Hooters, and I first first I was. It was switching between this game and the Celtics game, and Jalen Brown hit the three. I'm all excited, and I'm like, oh, the Nets are about to win too. Let's go. They have the chance, and then Dinwiddie throws bottom five worst passes I've ever seen in my life. Wasn't like a one-handed pass. He was trying to throw it to Wilson Chandler. Exactly what happened. There was a play that they were setting up for Joe Harris. The play failed. Dinwiddie was standing wide open about five feet behind the arc. Not going to lie. I would have been perfectly okay with him pulling it from right where he stood. But then he started dribbling with about five seconds, tries to one-hand pass to a contested Wilson Chandler, throws it about 12 feet over his head into the fifth row of the stands. Jesus. I I don't under... I was in shock. First, how you can throw that pass. And second, why he didn't just pull it. He's made many game tying winning shots. I don't know. I, maybe he was trying to make. The, maybe he felt like him chucking it wasn't the right basketball play. I mean, obviously the right basketball don't play. Wilson Chandler in their face is a better shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're right. Throwing it out of bounds isn't the right basketball play either. So I mean, <laughs> it was he really a lose lose. D'Lo and Lavert with the with the Pelicans last year. Oh, I remember that. I remember talking about it too. <laughs> the no look pass out of bounds. Yeah, no, that. Huh. You know the Nets. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but like I just saw this stat. They haven't had a winning record in any month since November. <laughs> it is March. <laughs> it is March of 2020. They haven't been over 500 in any month. Since November. That? The fact that they're still in the playoff race? Or or basically, they're going to make the playoffs. The fact that they're going to make the playoffs and haven't had a winning record in, what, December, January, four, almost four months is, is insane. They need to win to make the playoffs. They need to keep winning because... I mean, I don't trust the Wizards to make any sort of push. I mean... I mean, yeah, but when you have uh, Bradley Beal, yeah, but you also have the Bulls that are about the same. Yeah, the Bulls are the like Bulls a game back, or two, two more out. games back. The Bulls are six out. I would say honestly that the Nets are just lucky that the Hawks started playing like the Hawks late because they're going to be good next year. Although the Nets will also be. Very good. Next I think year. the Nets are going to be a top two seed next year. Probably. Um, 
three. I'll, I'll say top three. Won't guarantee top two. Uh, so, really, looking at this game, the Nets actually shot a better percent from the field. They shot 46.5 to the Heat's 45.1. They shot almost the same from three, 36.4 to the Heat's 36.8. And then took the same amount of free throws. The The Nets took 23 free throws. The Heat took 24. The Heat knocked down 20. The Nets only knocked down 17. We lost a turnover battle yet again, which has been a reoccurring theme in all of these games. We got out-rebounded by one. And, uh, yeah, we got out offensive rebounded by two. And, uh, yeah, things just didn't go very well in, in this one. Like, we got, we, we outscored them in how many quarters? The first quarter and the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. But it really wasn't enough because they just bodied us for the majority of the game. Uh, when we look at the box score, Jimmy Butler, he, he, he only had 16 points in 36 minutes on 5 of 14 shooting. Had eight assists, six rebounds. Derek Jones Jr. had some sick dunk that I saw. It was like one-handed, but he only had 12 points in 19 minutes, 4 of 11. Bam out of bio. 16 points on 7 of 12, but he had 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 blocks. Duncan Robinson, who Iggy called the best shooter he's ever played with. Oh, oh don't get me started on that. Imagine that. Like, this is the same man that played with Stephen Curry. Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. And Kyle Korver. And Kyle Korver. Duncan Robinson. And he had the nerve to say that Duncan Robinson is the best shooter he's ever played with. That is, that's like top five most, most ridiculous things. I told my friend that I think the age is getting to his head. Because that, that's just. No, I also said it was a terrible signing when the Heat signed him, and he has been completely awful, so. Imagine thinking that Duncan Robinson's a better shooter than Steph, though. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we've ever seen. Clay's a top five shooter in NBA history. Yes. Is Duncan Robinson? Duncan Robinson's not top 50 yet. <laughs> That's like, uh, what? That that is That is ridiculous. Kendrick Nunn. 35 minutes, 21 points, which was a team high. Uh, he is the he. I'm just saying this now. He is the X factor for the Heat. I've been saying for the since the beginning of the season, since the preseason, when he dropped like 40 on the Rockets, that he was nice. No, he is the he can win it or lose it for them so fast. I think Kendrick Nunn is pretty nice. Like if he's top three for rookie of the year, I think it's Ja Zion him. Yes, that's true. But if they run into the Bucks in the second round, well, first they need to beat the Sixers, who are going to be healthy at that time. But eh, the then, Sixers are just perennial failures. I I don't like the Sixers. I think they're going to lose. But then the Heat play the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn will be on Bledsoe, who's very similar to him. But Bledsoe's a better defender. If none does not play to his level or better, they're going to lose. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's all on him. It's all on him because Jimmy Butler will show up. Bam Adebayo will show up. You might even get get a gem out of Goran Dragic. Jay Crowder and Goran Dragic will do their thing. But you need none to not make five of 19 shots. 
Yeah, no. You need him to be a reliable scorer because that's what they need him to do. The two people who can end their season are him and Tyler Harrow. Tyler Harrow's a big one for them. He didn't even play in this game. Didn't even play. No, he's out. He hasn't been playing lately, but there's games he drops a fat 0 for 7 from 3. That can really kill him. You know, the Heat... See, the Heat are one of those teams that need to be dang near perfect, have the perfect storm to get make a deep playoff run. That's why I think it's really between the Bucks, Celtics, and maybe Raptors, but not really. I'm sorry, I just maybe. don't believe in the Raptors. And maybe that's just me being naive. Because they both have locks to do well. Like, even if one of the Celtics main scores don't hit they have five of them yeah like, they are very balanced i feel like if uh, pat the, the the raptors are on a three-game losing streak right now and it's coincided with pascal not playing too hot so i just don't really believe in the raptors i i don't know you know when you just look at a team and you can see like yeah they're not it you said they're on a three-game losing streak yeah Oh, the the Celtics are about to catch them. Yeah, the Celtics are half a game back. Let us play the Bucks. <laughs> I mean, let us play the Magic. Let us play the Magic in the first in the first round. That's easy. You know, I, I don't I don't believe in the Raptors. I'd say that either the Bucks or the Celtics make it out. I think those are really the only two teams. Obviously, the Raptors have a chance, but I say the Bucks I, or I the want, Celtics. Are the- I need the Celtics to win the East this year because next year. The Nets are probably taking it. So I think the the Nets are locked next season. And I'll 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 honestly root for them because they haven't really had any success in a long time. So I was I'm not I wasn't KD's biggest fan for the whole joining the seventy three and nine Warriors. But if he comes and he brings a chip to to New York to Brooklyn, I'll all of my all of my my anger and all of my criticism will go right down the window. Because I respect that 100%. But speaking of KD, we're about to get into um, his Olympic play. Will he or will he not? But before we do that, let's just take a quick break so you guys can hear from our sponsors at MyBookie. And we'll be right back. What's up, Nets fans? It's your boy, Najee. And today I'm here to talk to you about a little promo we got going with a great company called MyBookie. Are you into betting? Well, personally, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm not. I like I like to play it safe, keep my money. But if you are, I'm sure you have a feeling about who's going to win the chip, whether it be the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Celtics, maybe even the Raptors, two-peat. I bet you've got a feeling. And if you do, head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the NBA Finals, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football or basketball not your thing? No worries. My bookie's got it all, including the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Now, let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay Wagers lets you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money. Let me repeat that. Free money to play with. Who, who doesn't like free money? 
All you have to do is use our promo code today, that's T-O-D-A-Y, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code today, T-O-D-A-Y, to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. And so we are back. Shout out to my bookie for sponsoring this podcast and being one of our greatest, greatest sponsors for not only this podcast, but every other hoop ball podcast. And yes, the topic of conversation on basically everyone's mind is whether or not KD is going to play in the Olympics. So his agent, Rich Kleiman, came out and said that it's a possibility that he plays in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. They start practicing on the week of July 4th. It goes from like July 24th to like August 9th, the Olympics do this summer. And so everyone has an opinion. Stephen A is on first take screaming and yelling, getting all in a, a in a fit about whether or no, not KD plays. Dramatic. The bottom line. We haven't KD, talked about this. So I would love to know your opinion. Look, KD is going to be healthy by April. But the Nets don't want him to play by April. They are going to hold him out because the best thing for them is for him to play in October. Yeah, no. I... But he's healthy if he wants to play in the Olympics where the you, where the Americans don't even give 100% to get a gold medal. I really don't see an issue with it. I feel the exact same way. I, I, what, one thing I don't see a lot of people bringing up is the fact that they're acting like he's not going to run it by the Nets. Like, he's just going to say, yeah, I'm going to play. Like, if the Nets tell him, if, like, Joe Sy and Sean Marks are like, yeah, buddy, you're not playing. Like, we don't, we don't want you to play. He's not going to be like, no, screw you. I'm going to go play. Like, of course, he's only going to play if they give him the, the green light. So if you see him suiting up for Tokyo, in Tokyo, then you know the Nets allowed it because he still has to get medically cleared by their doctors. So if I, and people are just acting like KD's just going to be like, yeah, F the Nets, let's go to Tokyo. Like, I mean, why is Stephen A not talking about Steph Curry playing for the Olympics? Yeah, because I guess I guess people are short-sided, and since the Warriors are bad now, they don't think they're going to be good next year. Like, or or maybe because it was an Achilles injury, which is way because, more gruesome. Because than... just just wait until next year when their starting five is Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and James Wiseman. Do you really think they're going to keep the pick? Yes. What if they traded it for like Andre Drummond? No, that's a waste. You really? I th- I feel like Andre Drummond will help them more than James. Andre Wiseman. Drummond is a waste. Really? I think he would help them more than James Wiseman. He is a waste. If they're going to go in on anyone, they're not going in on him. But what's, they need a big. What big do you go on? If you're trading the first pick, maybe you can try and get Embiid, but I don't know if you can make, get the salaries to match. Um, I think they can get go at a run for Jokic. No shot. What? <laughs> no. You think they can't make a run to get Jokic? No. Why would the, why would the Nuggets trade him? He's probably the give, best center in basketball right now. If you give the number one pick Wiggins and like three picks, they're not going to do it? I don't think they would. I think Jokic is untouchable for the Nuggets. I think your best shot would be somebody like somebody like Andre they're Drummond. You're not going to get Embiid either. I mean, I feel like it'd be easier to get Embiid because the Sixers are a mess. I think maybe they could swing somebody like 
maybe Chris Stapps? Like, and that's a big maybe. I was thinking about Chris Stapps too, but I don't know if the Mavericks would do it. I don't know if the Mavericks would do it either because they wanted to see this whole Luka, Chris Stapps thing develop. See, the thing is they could get two NBA players for the pick and trade with a team like the Thunder. And get who? Steven like Adams? Adams and Schroeder? That would be that would they would be scary. If they had Steven Adams at the five with Dennis Schroeder coming off their bench, that would be sick. And just think the starters they have now, like Damian Lee would be a bench player. Or Eric Pas- pa- he, Pascal, bench he, player. Like their bench would be nice too. Like Kai Bowman too. He's honestly not that bad. Like I like Kai Bowman, I was watching him when D was still on the team. Kai Bowman's not that bad. But no, that's that's a good trade. That's probably one of the like best trades you've said in a in a while because that would really work out for them. And but, I don't see why the Thunder wouldn't do it. Pair Shea Gilgis with another young player. Yes, or Chris Paul is going to be out the door soon. What you get? You get Melo and Shea in the backcourt. That's sick. That's sick. And you have Noel as your center with Gallinari. That's sick. But no, no, that that ooh, you need to hit up the Warriors because that, <laughs> that's a good trade right there. But no, back back to KD. If he's gonna he's gonna get if he gets medically cleared by the Nets, I don't see a problem with him going and playing in the Olympics. One, because it, it's not like he's gonna play forty minutes. Like it's not like he's gonna play thirty minutes. It's it's the Team USA doesn't have to exert their full energy to beat. Spain and and overseas teams, they're gonna win if if players like if we send our best guys, KD has to play fifteen minutes tops, and we're still gonna win. Because it's like why it's like an all star game for him. Just get just get a, a couple get get some run in before you play full scale basketball in October. Why would you want your first? like real back time back on the court to be when somebody's trying to D you up straight in your eye. Like, of course, just play 15 minutes, come in when the bench players for the other, for the overseas teams come in and just chill and get your bearings back. Also, I think it'd be good for his brand. I think, I just think that it would be fine. Like I, maybe he wants to win another gold medal. He already has two. Maybe he wants to three-peat with gold medals. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And if you're making it a big deal, you really need to reevaluate w- what you're saying because he's not going to play if the Nets don't medically clear him. Stephen A. Smith just likes to be dramatic about everything. Like, that's his thing. That's his thing. Yeah, I know. I, I love him. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like, that he's only doing that to just get people to listen, to make it a headline. Really not a big deal, if we're being honest. Yeah, no. So we both agree KD should play in the Olympics. I, we, I, I will only be mad. Everyone will be mad if he gets injured, obviously. But we'll be mad if he gets injured in November. So it, what, what does it matter? If he gets injured at all, we're going to be angry. So we might as well let him suit up for a Team USA and get a gold medal and add another accolade to his already historic career. And I think, we're, we're, I think that's it. We're done. Uh, the game. What game? Letters. Oh, I always forget about that. When's the last time we recorded? Don't. Um. All right. So I'll give you. I'm looking around my room right now. Um. I'll give you a cool P. P. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. I don't know why the first person that came to my head was 
was Vincent Poirier on the South. <laughs> Mine's is Pascal, but I feel like that's too easy. Well, well, oh wait, does it have to be first names? Yeah, it has to be first name. Oh, then let me go with the legend himself, Paul Pierce. I mean, his first and last name. Anyway. Nice, nice, good pick, good pick. But yeah. That'll do it for this episode of the Hoop on Nets podcast. Please subscribe to us on um, – I was about to say please subscribe to us on Hoopball. Please subscribe <laughs> to us on iTunes. Yeah, it's 2.53 in the morning. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Click that subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. All reviews are getting read right on the podcast. Once again, shout-out to my boy Doug for listening and giving us some much-appreciated appreciation. And, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Follow us individually. I'm at Adams underscore. Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR. We need the followers. Please give us the followers. We would love the followers. Tweet at us. Give us discussion. We love it all. Shout out to Juan Niles, Kona Coffee Company, and my bookie. And with that, we'll see y'all next time. This has been a HoopBall presentation. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.